thank you for taking the time to download this podcast. It's called Manage Your Money God's Way. We're from Compass Catholic Ministries. We're dedicated to helping you discover smarter ways to manage your money. Whether you're in debt or free of debt, we have the resources that will help you reach your financial goals and live with a sense of joy and contentment. You can learn more how we can help by going to compasscatholic.org. My name is Steve Holbrook, and joining me, as always, the co-founders of Compass Catholic Ministries, John and Evelyn Bean. Well, here we are the first week of June, and we're working really hard to try to get back to a more normal way of life. And hopefully over the last four months, you came away with financial lessons learned, lessons that you can begin sharing and pass along to your children. So, Evelyn... Let's start a discussion about raising money smart children and the kind of lessons and maybe some tips that you and John can share with the parents that are listening out there today. You know, kids are exposed to money at a really early age anymore. They get presents for Christmas and birthdays and holidays. There's the tooth fairy. They see ads on TV and they hear from their friends about what their friends are buying. And all that influence from the secular world has a an impact on the family life and parents need to have a strategy and work hard to influence their kids to think of money in a way that honors the family values when that baby is on the way you need to sit down and talk and make a plan how you're going to have an 18 year conversation with your child you know you're going to have an 18 year conversation with your child and one of the key topics is to teach them all about finances. Teaching kids about money is a way to teach them values that are gonna last all their lives. So many times kids just get into that constant acquisition where they want everything they see and everything they hear about. Teaching them to set priorities and the proper way to live is also about teaching them to have a godly attitude about money and possessions. It's, it's something that's really fundamental that's going to last them all their lives, just like teaching them how to read. What we want to do is we're gonna, we've broken the kids' ages down into various age groups, and uh, we're going to talk about each age group and some of the things that you can try to do to teach them about uh, money and, and how to handle it. So the first age group is three to five years old, and the les- lesson there is delayed gratification, which so right. many adults don't know how to do. <laughs> so you're making an assumption that the parents can handle finances. I'm making the assumption that the parents want to teach their kids how to be good with money and that part is delayed gratification. And that starts when you don't give in to the kid every time they're in the store when they say, I want this, I want that. Mm. Buy me this, buy me that, I need this. So age three is a good Age three is a good time to start that. Even if the kids don't understand it's not in our budget or we can't afford it, they can understand the word no. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And maybe the parents are going to learn a little bit along the road too. You hope. (laughs) (laughs) So set the tone early when you shop. Kids don't need a toy or a gift every time they walk into a store. It's also a time where you can begin to set goals for, for the kids. You know, maybe there's something that they want. You know, every time they go to the store, it's I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Force them to make a choice. Well, you have one choice. And we're not going to buy it today, but if you only had one thing that you wanted out of everything that you've seen, what would it be? 
make sure that as you're discussing this with your child, you remember they're three to five years old here, make sure it's not something that's going to cost $100. You know, it could be a $3, $5 kind of thing. You could even, even at three to five, you could start a minimal allowance, maybe a quarter a week or something like that, and let them save up for whatever it is, which is why you don't want it to be so pricey because, you know, if they're going to pick a, a $20 item and you're giving them a quarter a week, you know, by the time <laughs> they got enough money saved, they're going to not remember that they even wanted that. Which isn't a bad thing either. <laughs> well, it teaches them another lesson, but we'll get to that later. All right. What about ages 6 to 10? At 6 to 10, they need to learn that they can make choices about spending. So this is when you want to give them opportunities to make good financial choices. And that can include something like taking them to the grocery store and explaining why you buy generic or not name brand things because the quality is the same and it costs less. So it's a good time to just talk them through what you're doing and the good financial choices you're making. Another thing you can do is give them part of the grocery list and, and uh, let them make the buying choices uh, within the parameters of what you need. And, and you know, you can set the parameters can't be 100% sugar or 200% sugar or whatever, but uh, it can be healthy. It's time to start talking about healthy. Young kids understand healthy. Um, and it's also a time to begin talking about wants versus needs. You know, you can talk a lot about how you're making personal financial decisions as a grown-up, asking questions like, is this something that we really, really need? Or can we skip it this week since we're going to go out to dinner? Or can I borrow it? Would it cost less someplace else? If I went to a discount store, could I get two of these for the same price? I'm going to get one here. All good things for them to learn, right? Absolutely. You also teach them about saving. Yes. That, uh, it's, the reason I bring that up, our grandson lost his first tooth. He's six years old. And he was telling me on the phone that he received two quarters. One had to go in his piggy bank because he said his mom and dad said he had to save half of whatever the tooth fairy left him. You know, I was talking to a young mom over the weekend, and she was saying that her son is not a good saver. And the reason he's not a good saver is because she's never taught him how to save. So teaching kids how to save at a young age is an excellent way to do that. Three jars in the room, give, save, and spend. So that means if you're going to give them an allowance, John, you need to give them at least three quarters so they have a give, save, and a spend, or two dimes and a nickel. You can't give them one quarter and expect them to put it in three different jars. Or give them 30 cents. There you go. <laughs> so ages 11 to 13 is when you help them set long-term goals and talk about earning interest. So at this age, it may be time to dangle a car in front of their little eyes. You can introduce the concept of compound interest, where you earn interest on both your savings as well as on the past interest that you've earned. And that really gets most kids excited. I think you're right, Evelyn. If you actually sit down with uh, uh, your child and show them how not only are they going to earn interest this month on the money that they've saved, but next month they're going to earn interest on the interest. And the month after that, they're going to earn interest on the interest on the interest, plus the interest on the savings that they already had in the bank. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> I think that the, the uh, kids will get excited about it when they can see that they're making money and they don't even have to do things because the bank is paying them to have the money in the, uh, in the account. And, you know, it's good to actually maybe use some examples 
based on how much money they're earning. So if they put $5 in the, in the bank every month, you know, and show them how the interest will accumulate and what it would be worth at the end of the year. So I think you have to give them examples, though. You know, the potential is if they have a habit of buying a, a snack after school every day, maybe they decide that they'd rather put their money into the bank and saving and earn interest rather than buying that snack every day or, or going out and buying some new clothes or something like that. But I think that's the key is taking whatever they're doing and making it into a life lesson, not telling them don't do it, but say, asking them questions. You know, them what, would happen, yeah. what would happen if instead of buying that snack every day it's after school, you put that money and save for this thing that you said you wanted? So it's a good, it's a good way to get them thinking, not telling them what to do. I think the next group we want to talk about are ages uh, 14 to 18. And now you're really beginning to set them up for financial independence. And um, this is a good age maybe to increase their allowance enough so that they are responsible for covering lunches at school, maybe entertainment items, you know, things like that, so that you are making them responsible to save in order to buy things that they need to have, like lunch at school. This is the time where you have to let them make mistakes. And instead of uh, just saying, oh, you did that wrong, you're a bonehead. You need to ask them questions. Well, why was it important to buy this thing instead of saving money so that you could buy lunch at school? And then do not give them extra money so they can go ahead and buy those lunches. Let them figure out maybe they have to make a lunch at home and take it. You know, John, I think it's really important for you to let kids make mistakes because if they're not making mistakes and learning from them when they're in their teenage years, you've just set yourself up to be the bank of mom and dad when they're adults. And the important thing, like you said, is to let them make mistakes and learn from it. If mom and dad bail them out every time they make a mistake, it's just setting up something you don't want to do when they're adults. But you're having ongoing conversations about so. finances. And yeah. it's not wait till they make a mistake. You're also recognizing when they do something positive. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you're trying to help them build a budget. You know, there's so many spending apps anymore. And kids are spending oh, yeah. with their phones. I mean, they're not carrying money around like we did in the dark ages. So it's easy for mom and dad to look at the budget, see where they spend it, and ask questions and do some coaching. And I think that's the important word is coaching. coaching it's, not, yeah. it's not directing, it's coaching. So you would recommend like a weekly sit down, let's talk about yeah. the money this week. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And another thing you could do now that they're older is uh, maybe incent them to clip coupons. In in our paper, Thursday's the day when the coupons come out and all the sales come on and let them work with the grocery list and, and maybe you can incent them to earn 25 to 50% on each dollar that they save over what you would have spent. It's a way for them to be able to learn how to shop smarter and to earn some additional money and learn how to navigate the grocery store. I mean, we have a friend who's uh, 60-something years old, and, and uh, I can remember the first time I went to the grocery store. We were at a party, and we needed some mustard. He had no clue where to find mustard in the grocery store. He went in the right door, though, didn't he? Well, oh, I think he had a hard time finding the grocery store to begin with. He followed me in. He didn't know where he was going. So if you're struggling with finding your way around a grocery store, just call John. He'll take you. 
This is Manage Your Money God's Way, presented by Compass Catholic Ministries. Today, John and Evelyn are sharing advice on teaching your children how to be smart and wise with their money. So, Evelyn, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about family standards that mom and dad need to have in place before this financial conversation and lessons are shared with their children. So I think the first conversation that mom and dad need to have and agree on is whether the child's going to get an allowance or no allowance. An allowance is a good way to allow kids to learn about money and spending, and you can start when they have a basic concept of money and they can do simple addition and subtraction. And maybe your target amount is 50 cents or a dollar for each year old they are. You need to provide enough so that they can buy something, but make it small enough so that they still have to save for it. And that uh, 50 cents to a dollar for each year old they are works until you get to about middle school or, or uh, uh, yeah, probably middle school. And then I think it's a, a great idea. And my dad did this for me, which is why I think it's a great idea. Once I got to middle school, I was in charge of paying for all my lunches, buying my clothes, whatever clothes I needed, and entertainment. And he gave me enough money to cover those things, but I was responsible for it and he'd give it to me uh, on a monthly basis and I had to go the whole month and make sure I, at the last day of the, of the last week, I still had money for lunch. I'm sure you did, didn't you? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I didn't buy a lot of things, <laughs> but I always had lunch. <laughs> So basically what you're teaching them is how to make spending choices, whether to spend on a small item this week or save and buy a larger item next week. I would also encourage you to still have the three jars in their room, give, save, and spend, and they can allocate their allowance into each container each week. And every time they get money, whether it's the allowance or chores that they did and got paid for, or anything that came from grandma and grandpa for gifts or presents at different times of the year, every time they get money, some goes into each jar. That give money, they can give to the offertory at Mass. The spend money is for purchases like candy or stickers, and the save money is for more expensive items. In addition to teaching them how to spend wisely, you're also teaching them how to save and be generous. And another important thing is that you don't want to tie the allowance to household chores. You know, there's an awful lot of parents out there that they pay their children to do household chores, but that doesn't really teach the kids anything about responsibility. You know, the first time a kid doesn't want to do something, he decides, I'd rather go play with my buddies or, or the girls down the street rather than get paid, you know, this little amount to clean the house or make my bed. Or, you know, then this system totally falls apart. You don't even want to have to get to that point. They have chores. They're part of the family. That's what, you know, they should do those things. There's other ways for them to earn money. You know, if you take your car to the car wash to get it washed, well, let the kids wash the car and pay them the same amount that you'd pay at the car wash. But you would also encourage parents to cha- pay for chores that are extra over and above, like if they have to rake leaves in the fall or if shovel snow in the winter and that's not part of their, you know, make your bed, clean your room, clean your bathroom type chores, then parents could pay for that, right? Absolutely. So it's good to let them fail because experience is the best teacher. So let kids make their own decisions and let them make bad ones. It's better for them to make a bad decision on a $20 toy than a $200,000 house. And through experience, it's going to help them to make wise decisions 
they will learn how to weigh different options and comparison shop. And better yet, the mistakes will help them to feel some regret when they make a blunder. And that's a great tool for learning. It's, it's going to help them to learn to, not to make that same mistake again. And if they mess up, they can experience the consequences. And, and uh, uh, it, it's all part of the learning process. You know, an important conversation for mom and dad to have is to not bail out the kids. Mom and dad need to both agree not to bail them out when they make mistakes. So if they spend lunch money on a video game, then they have to make their own lunch with whatever's available from the pantry. You can't buy them lunch. You can't give them money. You can't make their lunch for them. Don't bail them out. If they use their lunch money on a video game, they need to figure out how how to eat lunch for the rest of the week without mom and dad giving them more money or making their lunch for them. Another thing that you can work on with the kids is uh, work ethic. You know, it's related to money, but it's separate from what they're learning about uh, having an allowance. Uh, You can hire them to work for higher tasks around the house uh, that are over and above their regular responsibility. Uh, maybe things like staining the back deck or spreading mulch. Or I can remember one time I even painted uh, the living room. Um, you don't pay for regular household chores like making the bed or doing the dishes, but you do it for the extra things that uh, that go on in the family. And, you know, it's a parent's responsibility to train their children to have the right attitude towards work and help them to develop good work habits. And the best way is for young children to learn to work is is by having them do daily household chores. That's the process. You do those household chores and then you can begin to branch out and do the extra chores that you can earn money for. You know, I think having chores that they get paid for is a good idea because they grow up with more respect for the value of money and the effort required to earn it. And when they learn how to work, they take a giant step toward becoming a productive adult and being valuable in the job market. There's nothing like someone who is willing and able to do a job and does it well and will take care of what they need to do. Yeah, and you look into the future, I know for myself, the employer enjoys having an individual who they see great work ethic because they're not there staring at a clock. As soon as it's 4.59.59, they've got their hand on the clock ready to punch out. They're there to complete the job until it's over, even if that means spending an extra 20, 30 minutes. Or they sit at their desk until exactly 9 o'clock and then turn on the computer instead of turning it on when they get there at 8.45. I love somebody with great work ethic. It's all about attitude, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, another thing that you should be aware of is is you should pay your children a fair wage. You know, if you would take the car to the car wash and pay $15 to get the car washed, pay your child $15. And then, you know, at the car wash, there's always a little tip box there. If they do a really good job, you can give them a buck or two buck extra for a tip. And if they complain about doing it, then you'll charge them more money, right? <laughs> Uh, but it's it's just a way to to help them uh, to go forward how about the walmart rule i was reading about this the other day because it can be really confusing between needs and wants for kids especially when it comes to things like clothes or toys or games so there's two different ways to handle this the first is to 
give them a budget for clothes and give them the freedom to buy whatever they can afford with the money you've given them. Let's say going, doing back to school shopping and there's a must list of getting six pairs of underwear, six pairs of socks, five shirts, and three pairs of jeans. You give the child a mon- amount of money that you think is reasonable for that amount of stuff and they can do the comparison shopping and make the decisions on which underwear, which socks, which shirts, and which jeans they will buy. And I'll guarantee you they're going to be much better shoppers than if you just gave them an open-ended wallet to, to spend. You, you've actually done this with uh, both of our uh, uh, high school grandsons. I do. I take them shopping every year for school clothes and they have a budget and it's amazing how they find the bargains. So the second thing you can do is to pay for their clothes up to a certain amount. For example, if the jeans are $20 at Walmart, then you're going to give them $20 as their budget for jeans. And if they want more expensive jeans, then they can pitch in the difference between the cost of the jeans at Walmart and the cost of the expensive jeans. Once they're adults, there's a limit to how much money they're going to be able to afford to pay for things like this. And it'll make it a little bit easier for them to understand if they're raised with that kind of an attitude. And another great thing is not to let your kids be the first one on the block to get something. You know, like the new phone or a video game or whatever toy or backpack. You know, there's something to be said for allowing your child to sit there and and wait to be able to get that type of thing. And, you know, if there's 10 friends and they're all getting that kind of stuff, maybe your kid doesn't get whatever it is that they want until after the first five already have it or something like that. Um, It's just teaching them to to wait a little bit, to to be content with what they've got and, and not to be rushing out and just buying the first thing to be the first thing. When that happens, a lot of times they're going to see something else they want in the meantime, just like many adults do. You know, you think you want thing A, and then you spend your money on it, but then thing B comes along, and you really want the second thing more than the first thing, but you've already spent all your money on the first thing, so you put it on the charge card, Yeah, right? Yeah. Proverbs 22.6 tells us to train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And this is a good thing to... Uh, to think about as you're going through this. And now that we've kind of gone through this pandemic or we've gotten quite a ways through it, um, this might be a great opportunity to teach your older kids about what happened to the family finances as a result of it. First of all, you can begin by talking about uh, how much the mortgage costs and you know how much the car payments are and stuff like that. When you when they see these big numbers, it boggles their minds, but it also gives them a little bit of an appreciation. Uh, use the pandemic as an example of what can happen when you least expect it. You know, how was your family affected? Did somebody in the family get laid off? Did they lose their job? Did they have to live with a reduced salary? Did you have an emergency fund? And if you did, was it enough or could you have used even more than what you did have saved up? You know, the other thing is just what could you have done differently? And talk about that with your kids and help them to understand that things happen in life and you have to be prepared. So parents are the number one influence on their children's financial behavior. So it's up to you to raise a generation of mindful consumers, investors, savers, and givers. We truly hope that listening to today's show will motivate you to have that financial talk with your children. Give them a better understanding about the importance of managing their finances. 
If you'd like to share this show with a friend or family member, by all means, it's absolutely free and available right now at compasscatholic.org. On the homepage, just scroll down and click on podcast. Also want to remind you about our YouTube channel. It's brand new. It's called Compass Catholic. Simply go to youtube.com and search for Compass Catholic. You can subscribe so you don't have to do the searching in the future, but on it, you'll find a lot of great, short, informative videos. And before we leave you today, we have a few emails that John and Evelyn would love to answer. All right, here's our first email. John and Evelyn, I'm getting married. Congratulations, first of all. And I would like to pay cash for some land where we were thinking about building a home. I do have a car loan, but no other debt. What do you think? It's important to pay off the auto loan first. If you look at the Compass Money Map, which is available on compasscatholic.org, there are seven destinations on the journey to financial freedom. The earlier destination is paying off your auto loans. That's destination three. While at destination five, you buy your home. So you and your future wife are going to be a whole lot healthier financially, especially as a newly married couple, if you become debt-free and save as much as you can for the home purchase. From a personal standpoint, buying property without your spouse is probably not a good thing to do. No, that's a big mistake. (laughs) All right, here's our second email. John and Evelyn, should I send my child to private grade school now or put the money towards college savings? This is really a personal decision that you should make after a lot of prayer. The early formative years are crucial in the times of our children, and uh, especially with all the secularization that we have in today's world. So when it comes to college, and paying for it, you need to be creative. You know, maybe there's community college close by they could attend and live at home for a few years to reduce their expenses. And we also know several high school seniors who graduated high school with their AA degree. So if Catholic school is important for your family, I'd say try everything you do to make sure you can send the kids there. This next email is one of your favorite topics, giving. I only receive $700 per month, and it's not enough to last the entire month. I would love to give, but I don't feel I can. What do you suggest? I would honor the Lord by giving, even if you think it's a pittance, because the amount is not important. The important part is giving from your heart, no matter how little you can afford. In Malachi 3, the Lord says this about giving, Test me in this, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing to meet your needs. As always, thank you so much, John and Evelyn. If you have a financial situation that you would like to get some advice from John and Evelyn, they would love to hear from you. Email them your questions to askask at compasscatholic.org. And for the beans, we appreciate you listening. Remember, we have a brand new podcast for you. We post it bright and early Wednesday morning. Simply go to compasscatholic.org and look for Manage Your Money God's Way. 